0: Are we greeting the people?
1: Welcome to the Good Times Podcast.
0: Hello, good everyone. Time. It's
1: Good time.
0: time. Good Time Podcast. Good Time Podcast. Welcome, everyone.
1: Very good.
0: <laughs> where Where are we going? Where we What are we, we going to do?
1: Well, in our last segment, we started to talk about <laughs> tongue in cheek, but we started to talk about tiles. Yeah and folks with titles and i want to pick up so if you're tuning into this one and you haven't listened to the one previously please stop it go back to listen to it it's very rich but at the end of it you'll see we're kind of extending the conversation yeah. um, when it comes to titles in the ministry
0: and i think the question you asked was what about apostles
1: I said, what about folks calling themselves apostles?
0: (laughs) So, what's the difference there? (laughs) Tell me the difference. Please explain. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we both got to get in trouble. we are get in trouble tonight. We're going to both get in trouble.
1: Well, I, we know that the apostles of the scripture were handpicked. Yes. By Jesus. Yes. And then in Acts, God ordained. Yes. Right. And now we have a lot of people who are self-proclaimed. Because who hands out? Because it ain't no uh, fellowship handing out apostleship. It is now. Is it?
0: They do it now. Tell me. Tell me more. Years ago, you would be so accurate. But in the last 10 to 15 years, because of that statement... There are now people who give credentials for being an apostle. How does one
1: qualify?
0: I have no idea. I don't know how they, I don't know what the qualifications are biblically if you take out the main one, which is being handpicked by Jesus. Hmm. So I probably need to say right away that your concern is legitimate. Because there's no way for us to verify or to validate you as an apostle of Jesus Christ. Hmm. There's no way for us to do it. Um, We can't cast lots. We can't. can't. (laughs) There's no way for us to do it because the chief credential of Christ handpicking you is not there. Here's the thing, and let's reference your boy again, Paul. That's why he always references himself as the least of the apostles. Because I was chosen out of time. Mm. That's what he says about himself. I I told you all my story about how I got called and how I got converted. And I'm now an apostle in the church, but Please don't put me up against these up... No, don't do that to me because I would be the least of them. Not just that, but I persecuted the very church. So my credentials alone make me the least of a part. But that's him saying that about himself. Um, he, he, He says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And he, and, he, and he talks about how how messed up he is. So he, he doesn't glory in the titles. He won't do it. Um, and I think really, I think me personally, so many people get frustrated about not being elevated that they search out how they can be. I I think that's the place we live in. And I I pray I'm not offending anyone because that's not what I'm trying to do. But I've been around a long time. And when we cannot find people to elevate us, we will do self-elevation. We will seek and search out the right party, the right people to call us this, to make us this, to confirm this upon us because we really want it and we see it. But no gift. In the body, or no calling in the body, is about us making ourselves that thing. Mm -hmm. It's about us believing that God (laughs) is that, and then someone laying hands on us or conferring that upon us because they watched us. Now, I am of the persuasion, I will never argue with a person, I do not believe that the Lord is still making apostles. Although I still believe in every bit of the apostolic ministry, mm-hmm. but I think the apostle—that office—was for the twelve. Was
1: well, it thirteen since Paul is included?
0: Well, and here, here's 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 the thing: if you include Paul, it's fourteen.
1: Because
0: um, you got the twelve, mm-hmm. then you got Matthias. Right. They shouldn't never They got nervous and let's put somebody in, and then you got Paul who came later.
1: So we we still
0: count Judas. I gotta count him because he was there. Oh. I can't, and I'm I gotta count him because Jesus picked him. So I can't discount him. I, I think though he is definitely a cautionary tale of even if the Lord pick you, it can go all bad. No word. <laughs> it can go all bad. So I, I don't ever excuse him. So I always count Judas because I also believe. That had Judas repented, he could have been saved.
1: I think so too.
0: But see, my theology is different. I believe it'll all stop if Satan repents. He just won't. He just won't. If repentance. No, wait a minute. It'll all stop if he repents. He's just not.
1: It's not redemption for angels. They don't know what redeemed is. No,
0: no, no. I I said if he repents, if he stops, if he turns around, it all stop. He's just not gonna do it. Angels don't get saved, but he can repent from the behavior. But he won't. See, I know this a lot.
1: Now, mm. <laughs> like,
0: if if I can stop doing what I'm doing, God always restores. That is His theme.
1: It's not a theme for the angels.
0: No, no, no. Don't look at redemption from the human capacity. If Satan stopped trying to take God's throne, what would happen?
1: He just would stop.
0: But what would happen in terms of evil?
1: I don't know. It's already here. It's already unleashed.
0: What would happen or could it perpetuate if he stopped?
1: Probably. How? Because that's how cancers work. They just spread. Yeah. <laughs> I'm being serious. I, I
0: like, know you're being serious. Here's the thing. If Satan stops, it stops. He's just not going to stop. The rule can't stop being the rule. Right? What's the rule? What's the, rule the, principle? the principle is if he were to honor Jesus Christ for who he is and stop combating him this thing that we do would stop in terms of evil and good it would stop that's the rule for good and evil the issue is he's not going to stop
1: where did I say that at?
0: <laughs> that is literally the universal law you just want to apply it to Satan because you feel like he's worse than everybody I mean Satan is he's bad I he's the father he's, of like, he, that, lies He's the father lies. So, what would happen if he stopped lying? We just, this is a hypothetical. What would happen? I don't know. Well, you got entertainment. Okay, let me, let me think about it. You got to wrestle with that. Because here's the thing if who can stop has a stopping point, then that means in the natural, you can get to a place where somebody's too evil to be saved. No, I don't think that. Well that's so no. that, God touch?
1: can save anybody.
0: Any human or anybody? Well,
1: Jesus came. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. That whosoever.
0: Yeah. Now now so let's you want to work with the word world?
1: Yeah.
0: A little bit. Is it earth? No. It's aliens. No, we we are not doing (laughs) aliens and apostles in the same (laughs) podcast. I won't do it. I will not do it. (laughs) I will not do it. I love this. Uh, uh, Here's the thing. One of the definitions for that, for God so loved the world, one of the definitions for the word world is order. For God so loved Order. I ain't never heard that before in my life. This this is just
1: words I hear this little
0: note. But he so loved order. So one of the words means that what God is doing is putting us back in order.
1: For God so loved the order
0: that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes upon him won't perish because it's out of order right now. But they'll have eternal life which is what he meant. He's putting it back in order, right? Which is why when Jesus saves the thief on the right, right, he doesn't say today you're going to be with me in heaven. Paradise. Paradise. If you look (coughs) at paradise, the word for paradise is garden. Mm -hmm. So he only can be talking about two gardens, Gethsemane or Eden. He's referencing Eden. Today you get to go back with me to be in order to be in Eden. I'm reestablishing you. I'm putting it where you get a do-over. It's not about heaven. It's about rightly aligning. So what would happen if, not that he will, but a thing outside of your head, what would happen if Satan rightly aligned? Because he got thrown out of heaven for disalignment. Mm -hmm. What would happen if he said, I yield and align"? That's the hypothetical,
1: yeah, and, and
0: so would God. And that's the question of all over, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's no like textbook answer, but what would happen to think about it? Would God say, "Nope, you've rained so much habit. I know you've you've changed your mind, but we still do the whole lake and fire thing." well is that, is that where we going well that, that's something to wrestle with how, so so the question is how far will God's compassion reach right
1: we never seen it reach for an angel
0: well we, we, well we, we haven't had to right because all the ones that went against him got dismissed
1: mm-hmm.
0: right But so we've never seen The repentance of an angel. So it remains. No, not the redemption. It remains to be seen. It remains. That's why I'm asking the question because we've not. What would happen if he just stopped? I don't know. It remains to be seen. Don't you want him to just stop? It would be nice. (laughs) It would be nice. So that's one of my hypothetical questions that I ask my Bible students. That's a good one. What 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 would happen? And all of them answered the same way you did. No, because that's the way I answered it when it was presented to me when I was in seminary. That's a good. That's a good question. What would happen if he just stopped? Does God forgive? him? Does God say nope? You got to see this through, buddy. You got to see it right. through, my boy. Since I sacrificed my son, ain't no turning back now. Got to see it through. Yeah. A, the, how, how does that? It's an eye for eye. <laughs> around here, around these parts.
1: <laughs> Promises are he, he's a man of his word.
0: Wrestle, yeah. wrestle with that, and, and you won't you won't ever get an answer. this is oh, just a question. It's just a question. But but in terms of, of this whole thing of, of, about the apostleship, I think we're we're slaves to titles. There was a white brother preacher, and I can't remember who he was. Young cat. Young Cat. He was he was they had him on a panel. And, and they, were, they were talking about the LGBTQ and pronouns and all that kind of stuff. And he said, in, in this symposium, whatever they were in, he said, well, I don't blame the LGBTQ for, for that. He said, the world has taken her cues from the church. And because we're so title driven, now the world is. Mm. Because we can't just serve, the world can They don't even know what that looks like at church anymore. Mm. And it was enough of a statement to make me stop and say, hmm. And I had to admit, I don't know if that's where the world gets their cues from, but I do know the church has become very title-driven. Very, very title-driven. You got to call me something. Mm. People will correct you. Uh, Hey, Pastor, uh, Prophet. Uh, Hey, elder, uh, apostle. I'm going to call you what your mama (laughs) does. I mean, it's serious out here. You know, Um, and so because of that, I think that we're. Now, for me, when we talk about fivefold ministry, Mm. I got a lot of issues with that. And this could probably get me in trouble on the podcast. But here's my first issue the fivefold ministry, you can't say, does your church believe in the fivefold ministry? Because if it doesn't, it's a heretical church. All we have is fivefold ministry. We don't have anything, we don't have another go-to. Yeah. We don't have another trick we can do. Yeah. We he gave some, he gave some, he gave some for the perfecting of the saints. For the yeah. that's all we got. So to be a church that doesn't believe in fivefold ministry, that automatically makes you something other than a church. Mm-hmm. My second point for that is that <clears throat> when we talk about fivefold ministry, those are not positions. Or titles to have They're places to serve Hmm. They're not titles to have They're places to serve So clearly we're not going to undo Calling people Pastor Johnson Pastor Edwards We're not going to undo that But it was never supposed to be that It was supposed to be there To identify where you're serving I serve in the pastor I serve as an evangelist I serve as a prophet I serve in apostolic ministry. I serve not that we were supposed to make that our moniker. Hmm. That was so we could know where we served.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, so that's how I look at that. And what we've done, because we're so driven by that, and you always have to watch, they didn't call themselves Apostle Paul. I, Paul, who am also an apostle. Mm -hmm. That's how they would, do that. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, they just call each other by their names. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you are not, Jesus had to be asked if he was the Christ, if he was the Messiah. Other than that, he was Jesus of Nazareth. Mm -hmm. And so this whole thing about the titles is something we've done. And if you really desire it and don't get it, you'll find a way to promote yourself. And I think that's what we're doing. And I think it's tragic because people are self-proclaiming that they're these things and they're not. Who, who who gets to decide that you're an apostle when Jesus is gone? Who, who gets to lay that on you? Right? Because every other office we have, somebody has to confer it upon you. I, I'm not a bishop in the, in the Lord's Church because I said, I think I want to be a bishop. They had to come find me and get me, and then I had to go through this whole year of what they call adjudication, and the the Episcopal year, where they check credit and your lifestyle, and just all kind of stuff. I can't believe I passed a credit check. But they (laughs) they check credit and all that kind of stuff to make sure you're legitimate, right, that you ain't out here as a charlatan. And then after that year of watching your church and watching you, then they say, okay, this has been, a, what, that's what they call your bishop designate. Mm-hmm. And then after that Episcopal year, they then say, okay, uh, you've passed all of that. Well, now, bless you, we now need some people to come in and speak for you before we elevate you. That's the elevation service. We need witnesses to come and say who you are. And then we're going to lay hands on you. But if you look on my papers, It has who laid hands on me all the way down to Bishop Ellis. I'm in in that lineage. So you can trace who I am. You can trace where I come from spiritually from Peter to Bishop Ellis to Bishop Ross who actually made me a bishop. That's in my documents, right? Um, They don't give you copies of that. You get one. So if you lose them, they get burned up in a fire. They don't know what you're going to because they're sacred documents as well, so take care of them. But you can't get copies made or any of that. That's how I got to be who I am. It's traceable, right? We can't have people running around in the body suggesting that there's these things and we don't know who even laid hands on you. Mm -hmm. Who touched you? Mm -hmm. By what order, right? Um, Even when when they send out the five and acts. Uh, I think it's chapter 13, they say lay hands on them so they can go out and do this work, so they can go out and (coughs) and preach, so they can plant these churches. And so we got a bunch of renegades, rogues, and mavericks out here who have not had hands laid upon them, they're not sanctioned by any group. And then we also got rogue groups that just come up out of nowhere. That if you pay them the right amount of money, the right amount of money, they will make you a bishop or an apostle or a prophet or whatever else you want to be. So that's what we've come to. And I think it's sad because what's wrong with just being a preacher? What's wrong with just being a servant? What's, what's wrong with it? What's wrong with perfecting that? Because you do know when we go to heaven, you don't call anybody apostles and prophets and call us all servants. So that that's my take on. I think we waste a lot of time trying to qualify ourselves because we think more of ourselves than we ought to. My word! How do we reel it back in? Stop doing it and stop acknowledging it. I think at some point we have to stop doing it and stop acknowledging it. I'm not gonna call you that. Show me some papers. I'm not gonna cater to your fantasy. Mm. Who who? Who did that. And, that? and that's one of the reasons why I miss Bishop Ellis. J. E.
1: Ellis. Oh my God! None like him. None like him.
0: Bishop Ellis has been known to say this to people when they walk in: "What their bishop attire or their Episcopal attire?" So we playing dress up today.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, this is real. I, I already do it. So we playing dress up today. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Well, I see you got your chain and you sharing. Who would do that to you? Who would this room full of preachers? Uh, oh yeah, man. He he didn't play. Hmm. He, 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 I, I've heard him say that there's no way I laid hands on him. Why would you lay? Because he's a whoremonger, and I don't lay hands on whoremongers. Oh Lord. That's the kind of stuff he would say. And people would be mad at him. But it's truth. But you got to have fathers who are watchmen. Yeah. The worst thing in the world you could have today is a parent that's trying to be their child's friend. Right. And in church, we have a lot of fathers, parents in church, who are trying to be those people who are trying to be their friend, their colleague. I'm your father. And what you're doing is questionable. And you need to go somewhere and sit down. So until we get that back, it ain't going to stop.
1: I just thought about it, it's in the fraternal order, fraternity, sororities.
0: Like, who made you? Right? Who made you? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You just can't. you, 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 you got to have some dates yeah. and some canvases yeah. and, and you better be able to recite some history yeah. and you better be able or, or, or we're not acknowledging you. You yeah. can't just slide in here with a hand sign or a handshake, yeah, we we can't. We're not doing that. Mm. Who, who are you? And that's what we need to really um, um, have. I still remember at my consecration service, uh, Bishop Ellis stood from the floor, and he said, "Some of you in here are going to say you're apostles. You are not. I can explain it to you, but I'm not going to waste service rebuking you."
1: All right. <laughs>
0: Right at my consecration, I was like, "Yikes!"
1: Man, okay, I have a question because you said fathers. Any the scripture that say don't call no man reverend, your father,
0: reverend, not calling any man reverend. I don't know about calling him father. Finish the text. I don't
1: know. You supposed to know this? I'm, so, I'm sorry, I slipping.
0: <laughs> I got slippage. We have to bring that back on the next on the next podcast. I got to look that one up. <laughs> don't but, call him but, reverend. This says that you can't call any man Reverend. You should not call any man Reverend. Where
1: do we get that title from
0: then? The Catholic Church. Oh. Yeah, the Catholic Church. The right Reverend. Hmm. That, that, that's Catholicism at that its best. Hmm. And the right reverend, such and such. That's what they would have on their stuff, the right reverend. Um that, that's very Catholic. Uh uh. Uh but I don't I don't know about father. I have to check it and I will get back to you for our next We'll
1: look podcast. up the root word of it. I'll, I'll bring leave. it back on the next one. The root word father. Mm-hmm.
0: Pater, I, <laughs> right, right. I gotta see what the text. Right, right. Pater. Yeah, so so I don't. The, the, one of the greatest uh, books you could read on 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 fatherhood in terms of spiritual fatherhood. What's my man? And I think he's in Tennessee. He preached at Calvary when PIP was at the uh, church. White guy from Tennessee up in the hills. I can't think of his name. He has a book called, We Have Not Many Fathers. Oh,
1: I've heard you talk about we like that. We Have Not
0: Great book. Great book. Um, about just fatherhood in, in the faith and mm-hmm. in church. And because we don't have fathers, the same thing that <clears throat> an absence of fathers will do to a community, a society, mm-hmm. it will do to a church. Mm-hmm. It will do to the church. That we don't have people. To show us the right way, Mm -hmm. to maintain stability, to love, uh, to add discipline. We don't. We just. We don't. Mm. And and that's why we're getting so many rogue preachers and imposters. Do you think that,
1: um, to the point of we have not many fathers, quantity wise? Knowing that the church is made up more of women than there are men, do you think that a strong father figure can help to um, cover that absence in a, in a local church? Like, if we have a handful of good ones, as opposed to many, um, given just quantity-wise of our churches, and that we have more women in our churches than men,
0: well, I I think that we have more women in churches than men because we have more women than men. I don't think it's a faith thing. I think it's numbers. I think it's demographics. Right? I, I think if the ratio is six to one, eight to one in a given city, that on a macro scale, then micro, it'll be that wherever you go. It'll be hmm. more dominant by that group. Um however i i think that whoever the father is has to make sure that they don't cater to the feminine majority see a lot of men are not drawn to church because the gospel being preached is feminine Mm. right when when you're preaching and and you're at the pulpit and you're a man and you say honey a child, all oh, that—that doesn't resonate with me. Mm. It's a—it's an immediate turnoff, right? Because of a man's masculinity, uh, but it resonates with women, mm. right? And, and so, a lot of times, because men feel emasculated in church, they won't come. Mm. Brothers have to have the sense to come to church that that's a real brother or a real sister talking to me, and they are serious about this work. Brothers don't have a any compunction about a female pastor if she preaching. Mm-hmm. They'll do it. Their thing is, I don't want to go to this place that's going to emasculate me and waste my time. Mm-hmm. That's the real struggle. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and good fathers would help combat that. Good fathers would help combat that. But, but men are different. Men don't give you a bunch of chances in church. If you get a man, I just said this uh, yesterday, day before yesterday, at our Mandate Monday meeting here, where our men's group, um, men don't give you a lot of chances. If I'm a man in trouble, and I come to you as a pastor of the church for help, and you blow me off, that's it forever. Mm-hmm. Because it took so much for me to humble myself and to ask for the help. If you play me, hey, I, I bet y'all won't do this no more. Uh, so we get a lot of that where they're not really being helped; they're, they're being placated. They're being, and, and, and you got to make sure. So, for instance, if I have men coming to church, excuse me, if I have women coming to church without their husbands, when I meet their husbands, the first thing I do is thank them for allowing them to be faithful at church, and it blows them away, and they're like, "Oh, oh, wow, man! Well, she she really liked it." And a lot of times they start coming more often. Mm. But I thank them that they're not creating a bunch of drama Mm. about them coming to church. Oh, man, she loves it here. And thank you so much. The kids love it, blah, blah, blah. And and I try to cut away that tension because this is your wife. Mm -hmm. And I need to acknowledge that. Mm -hmm. And I, I I don't want her paying more attention to me and us than she does to you at home yeah Yeah. so the, those are the kind of things and those are social structures uh that we have to make sure we follow to help keep men all right with the church because men are funny creatures if you if you touch that masculinity they done, they can't handle it. We can't handle that just hmm that's good. I wonder why Jesus picked uh, 12 men then, if it was... Well, can I say this? I already already got you pondering the repentance of Satan. (laughs) So let me do this too. I don't know that Jesus only picked men. I'm not sure about that. I think we wrote it like that. Because of when it was written,
1: and who was right, and who
0: was right, I, I don't, I don't know if I'm sold on the fact that there were no women helping. Well, we know that we know unequivocally that there were
1: women. Well, I, and I don't
0: help. mean helping in a lesser way. I mean helping in headship, because mm. that was the notion of of the uh, symposium I was just at. Right, mm-hmm. the issue is not women in ministry. It was women in head leadership, and headship. Okay. You know, does God want that? Okay. And I believe he, he always has because we've got too much biblical evidence of it Yeah. Uh, to just say, well, God don't want that. Yeah. To isolate a couple of scriptures and say, God don't want that. And so when, when you talk about Jesus
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the work he's doing, I don't know that Jesus didn't have women in in headship positions right with him. I don't
1: know. As
0: a pastor? That. As a pastor? Yeah, functioning on that same level. Mm. I don't know that he didn't have them. When he sends out the 70, I don't know that it was all, if it was 70 dudes. Mm-hmm. I know by our cultural definitions, we assume it's 70 dudes. Mm-hmm. But the other question about that is where he going to find 70 dudes when he was struggling to find 12? Was he struggling he was struggling back to it. That's a rough group. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's, that's, that's a
0: rough group. That's a rough group. We can play with that all day long. And so I don't know. And, and, and my thing is because what is written is culturally written. Mm-hmm. I don't know the nuances. So for instance, a lot of people believe the Apostle Paul wrote Hebrews. Uh, a lot of people say he did not. Mm-hmm. But he would have reason not to cite it if he was sending it to the Hebrews who believed he was a turncoat, it would have never got. They would have never read it in church. It hmm. would have never made it to the destination if he wrote the Book of Hebrews signed Paul hmm. of Tarsus. They would have never read it. So he would have a reason to leave it off. So if you're Mark, or if you're Matthew, or if you're Luke, or if you're John, and you're writing these uh, these depictions of what happened, right? is it going to hurt them or help them if they leave women out of the story? If they only put them in where they can, I don't know because you got to remember in that day, women were property. Yeah. When, when they were, you know, so if I want this word out, do I need to conceal this and just share some some sort of uh, cryptic stories about women in leadership? Because can I flat out say that in the first century? I don't like that. I don't like it either, right? But, I mean, come on. We, we don't have a bunch of it. And that's a question we won't know until we see Jesus. Sure. But, but I do know Jesus proves to be no respecter of person. And I'm wondering if when they write that, they're writing it in such a way where it can be read in the churches where it can be received in the churches. And so they watch how they say it because they watch their language with everything else. The reason Matthew writes the way he writes is because he's writing to Jews. There is no way he's going to write to Jews and celebrate the headship of women in leader positions. Not to the Jews, he ain't going to write that. (laughs) And not be accepted. And so I wonder about that. I wonder about things like that. Um, What what kind of cultural nuances kept them from saying things? But but as I think about that, it is unrealistic to think they're doing all that. And even when they're out moving and they got to have places held down and people still got to be there sharing the word and people still got to be there preaching and still got to be there praying. I can't see women not being in headship. I can't see it. So but that's me I could that's be good wrong.
1: that's good
0: I could be wrong to everyone who's watching this I speak by permission and not by commandment it's just a thought please don't judge me and never watch the podcast again
1: <laughs> y'all leave y'all's comments please tell, do. tell us if, you know, tell us what you think I mean the women was the ones paying for it so they were the financiers of the ministry. So it would only behoove the men to take some with them.
0: They, they have to lead somewhere, right? They have to lead somewhere because I can't see it. If you have no women, who attracts the women? Who makes a woman say it? Who do they have to say, I want to be like her? If they're nowhere. Very good. That's just me. It's
1: good work. Please like us, Please. share, comment, follow, do all the things that you do on social media. We've enjoyed bringing these conversations to you, and we will see you again next week. Bye now.